Let's just pray, man. Father, we just thank you for this opportunity. And our prayer is, Lord, that you would take what, uh, what we share after these 46 years of our marriage. Lord, may you cause it to strengthen and encourage and deepen people's married lives as we commit this to you. Lord, let your word be powerful. And uh, we just pray for marriages all over this country, Lord, that they would be strengthened and that there, we would just be pushing back against this, this seemingly swelling tide of brokenness in our world. And we just know, Lord, that marriage plays such a big part in that. So all of it we commit to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Well, welcome in to the first episode of Marriage Matters. We're so glad that you stopped by and found us here. Uh, and we hope that you keep coming back for more. Um, this is a day of introductions. This is our first episode. So uh, we're going to do a few things. We're going to introduce ourselves, let you know a little bit about uh, Charlene and I. And then secondly, uh, we'll go ahead and let you know kind of what we're planning with this podcast, what we really hope to be accomplishing by it. And then if we have a little bit of time left over, we'll get right into the into the guts of a little bit of teaching, a little bit of ministry. So we're really glad you're here. I'm going to toss it over to Char, and uh, she'll just be sharing a little bit about us. So go ahead, babe. Hi there. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here with you. And just a little bit about our background. Not that it's important, but we want you to know. Uh, we met when we were 11. We were in the sixth grade. And I had a become a Christian when I was nine. Kenny was not a Christian at this point. And we dated on and off uh, until we were 18. And then we did start uh, a, a couple, a relationship. We were married at 19. Kenny had become a Christian at 18. And that gives a little bit about our life. We had went on to have three children. We went into full-time pastoral ministry at the age of 22. Very, very young. Yeah, very young, and remained in ministry until last year. And the whole focus, besides just basic ministry, all the years that we were in ministry, the focus that we kept coming back to was our marriage. When we would host marriage groups and teach premarital counseling and do um, some crisis counseling. and We did a lot of that over the years. Yeah, we did a lot. Uh, Kenny, much more than I did. We hosted retreats and conferences. And throughout the years, we just kept, in our own marriage, kept learning more and more about what God a godly marriage looked like. Yeah. The Lord taught us through experience, um, our own marriages, through the conflicts that we had. And it was cool. It was mm. cool what the Lord has done. And so last year, Kenny did step down from full-time pastoral ministry. And for the last five years, we had been praying that the end of our lives would be dedicated to a full-time marriage ministry. Right. And so this is exciting for us that that the Lord has provided a way for us to be in full-time marriage ministry as we go into this next chapter of our marriage. Right, right. And we're excited to be here with you. Yeah, we. Uh, it's been a year since we uh, removed ourselves from the pastoral ministry, handed the church over. Uh, uh, I pastored, what, 42 or 43 mm -hmm. years, two different churches, a little over 20 years in each, just teaching and ministering the Word of God. And about a year ago, the Lord pulled us out, and we just felt 
there was great leadership at the church. It was ready for uh, a new chapter. So uh, we left and uh, began, uh, we launched a nonprofit ministry to marriage called Marriage Matters. And now it's led us to a podcast. So things are growing. Things are moving really quick for us. And we absolutely love it. We've had our hands even more in everything from marriages in crisis to uh, kids needing premarital work to marriage enrichment groups in our home, uh, leadership marriages. That was surprising. Wasn't it babe? Mm -hmm. Just yes, it a was. thing that the Lord did. We had the, the blessing of ministering to a lot of people in pastoral ministry. Uh, just it's, I'll tell you what, having a, uh, being great at ministry and great at marriage at the same time is no joke. Difficult to do. Yeah. It's no joke. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot of, Compassion. Well, I don't even know if that's the it's correct compassion. word. Absolutely. Uh, just tr we we really feel for the people in full time ministry that their marriage thrives like their ministry thrives yeah. because you have to have both to have a thriving ministry. So many, I think, just barely mm -hmm. are surviving out right. there the onslaught of full time ministry life and. And they really can be thriving. So yes. that's been a blessing for and us. And it was one of our biggest challenges yes, that we had for the whole 40 some years that we were in full time yeah. ministry. It, 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 there was a weight of ministry that we carried that could potentially very much harm our marriage. Yeah. And we're so thankful to the Lord that he's faithful to us. He he's was so faithful, faithful to us. And he is so faithful to each of you too. He will be faithful. Yeah. So that's a little bit about us, a lot of years in ministry, and the stuff that we'll be sharing with you comes not only from our experience in married life, but uh, from the foundation of God's Word. Mm -hmm. The Bible has so much to say about God's design and His intent for married life. So uh, we're going to be doing a lot of things. Some episodes will be interviews with other people that have incredible stories to tell and how God brought breakthrough for them. Some episodes will be uh, very much what we love doing, which is getting tools in your bag. They'll be very practical, easy to use tools to keep mm -hmm. building your marriage every single day. And then some episodes will be more kind of teaching driven, uh, a lot of Bible mixed in there. And others will be just very conversational teaching where Charlie and I might be sharing a story or two things from our life as we just uh, kind of remember together how faithful God has been to us. So there's going to be a lot going on. We're just so glad you're in with us and uh, glad that you're here. So how this came about really, again, in a nutshell, is after all those years of ministry, we definitely, the last eight to 10, have felt the assault just the cultural assault on what God has designed marriage to be has really ratcheted up. The, the battle seems to be raging more today than it ever has before. I don't think anyone's going to disagree with that. Um, I mean, we're living in a culture, dear ones, where, trust me, if we can't figure out how to define what a woman is, then we surely won't be able to define how God designed marriage to operate. So we're living in a time of great confusion and great cultural drift away from the design of God. So that's part of, or at least a big component of what we hope Marriage Matters becomes to all of you. Uh, number one, uh, we hope it's uh, gaining back a biblical foundation and a biblical theology 
for marriage. Uh, we've discovered, I, I know so many uh, professing believers and, and some, what I would call even mature Christians that I, that I know really have very little theology for marriage. It's, it's not, I, I, I think here's your first truth bomb for today is we didn't create this thing. We didn't design. It's not a human construct. It's designed by God. Mm -hmm. And that design shows up very early in the Bible. By Genesis 2, we have a really strong idea of what God designed a relationship between a man and a woman was to ultimately be like. So gaining a theology for marriage is one of the big components of what we hope to do. And then secondly, getting tools in your bag, which is always a whole lot of fun. So yes, because when we got married, we had very few tools in our bag. We really, really loved each other and we wanted to be married. <laughs> we were really, really young. And I came in with a couple tools that I knew that um, marriage was until I died or my, yeah. my spouse died and that it was permanent. It was, it was permanent life. and I needed to be committed. Yeah. And that's what I came in with, which was, those are huge tools. But that's a great place to start. It, I don't even think, I don't even know that I had that before. No, Certainly not before did. I was no. a, was a Christian. No. You know, I mean, you I looked did. in again, we were 19. We laugh about this. I, I, I looked in my little tool bag around my waist and there's a little six inch tape measure and a, small little tiny Phillips screwdriver and a little ball peen hammer. And there I go trying to build this glorious, wondrous thing called marriage that God has so radically designed for right. us. And I just don't have that. I knew so early on in days probably oh, yeah. that I was not ready for this. Uh -uh. I was not equipped for this. And the longer time went, I realized I, I am deficient. I cannot get this done unless the Lord really equips me far better than I was at that mm -hmm. point. Charlene came in pretty equipped, much better than, than a little, than I was Maybe a little to more. build a marriage. So again, getting tools in your back, I mean, workable tools is what we are going to be doing. Some tools will be big power tools with big engines on them and they're going to get a lot of work done. And other tools are just, Hey man, when this happens, try this or try that, or Hey, here's what the Bible says about that. So there'll be little smaller fine tuning tools, but uh, we should have uh, a lot of fun along the way. What really drug us here again was just the acknowledgement that this fight is really raging, um, which, you know, dear ones, shouldn't surprise any of us. The Bible is pretty clear about what the days right before Jesus's return were going to look like in, in, uh, in Matthew chapter 24, which is the beginning of what's called the Olivet Discourse. Uh, he starts to talk about, he gives a prophecy of what the world's going to look like right before he returns. And I, I had never related this to marriage. Uh, I know when I just kind of just recently was sharing with mm -hmm. Charlene, mm -hmm. I, there's a real possibility that he is including the covenant of marriage in these words here, which I had never really thought of before. But just listen to what Jesus said. Uh, he said in Matthew 24, 9 through 12, then they will deliver you up to tribulation and they'll kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Now he's talking, possibly Mark records that there were only four there, Peter, James, John, and Andrew. Many think that they're, all the apostles were, or disciples were there and maybe the multitudes were there, but Mark kind of hints that this was a private moment right here. But 
Anyway, and then he goes on to say, right before I return, that's the context here. He says, then many will be offended. That's the word. They're going to stumble. They're going to be ensnared and entrapped. And as a result, they will betray one another and they will hate one another. Then many false prophets will arise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. It's, the, it's a couple of those lines in there. The love of many is going to go grow cold. One of the indicators that we are moving swiftly towards the coming of the Lord is, is that there's going to be less love found on the earth. And I think um, we're seeing that in so many mm-hmm. different ways today, but included is the tragic mm-hmm. dissolving of marriages, the, the so many that just uh, tragically end in brokenness. It says that people will be offended. Um, it's interesting that Jesus said, in this world, it's impossible that offenses won't come. That's a double negative there, meaning surely you're going to get offended. I have offended Charlene, Charlene so many yeah. times in my life and her, me. Uh, we don't ever intend to, but it happens, as you know, so much in marriage. But And the result of that will be betrayal. And we were thinking about this, right, hon? Mm-hmm. The word betrayal is interesting because it there can't be a betrayal without a solid trust being there in the first place. And what brings that trust is a promise or an oath or a vow or a covenant that is a relationship. Absolutely. Where there's an expectation Mm -hmm. built in. And that's what you have in marriage. You have an oath. There's a covenant. Mm -hmm. There's a promise given. And there's an expectation of the fulfillment of that promise till death parts us. I'll behave like this. This is what you can expect from me. And we all utter those words uh, during our wedding. For us, it was 46 years ago. So a betrayal that he's speaking of here could very possibly, he could have at least at least this in mind. I'm sure he has more, but Jesus may have had in mind the betrayal of marriage covenant, mm-hmm. the bond between husband and wife, even to the point that they'll begin to hate one another. So we began to see just a, a surge of difficulties in Christian marriages over the last eight or 10 years. Well, there is no greater covenant between two people than a marriage. No. That's, I think that is the biggest covenant, biggest vow that we'll make here on earth. Oh, sure. So this is happening. Yeah. This is very, very much happening with marriages, not even... Um, considering the covenant or the vow that they made to another person and being able to disregard it in the point that they would leave their family. So this is, this is, this is what Jesus was talking about. A lot lot of it now is for us and concerning marriage matters is pushing back against, again, what we, I called earlier, this cultural drift away for our culture. That's a big deal. We have drifted in the last four to five decades, uh, far from um, the way we used to view this covenant of marriage. It was, uh, I just had this conversation the other day with a fellow. It was the er, mid-1960s, maybe 64 or 65, when in California, the seated governor, Ronald Reagan, signed into law, California first, uh, what we call no-fault divorce. There was a day where 
a divorce was considered a big deal. The dissolving of a marriage was a, that covenant was a big deal. It was difficult to do. Difficult to do. Then this no fault divorce came. And within a few short years after California signed it into law, it, it wasn't long, maybe what I read six or eight years later, uh, all but maybe one or two states in the country had ad also adopted um, no fault divorce. So essentially, what, what the reason I bring that up is to say that government itself has ultimately said that vow you give on your wedding day doesn't matter. You, you don't have to mean it. You don't have to mean it at all. It's meaningless. It's purposeless, whether you say that vow or not, because you get to break it no, no, no matter. With, with, with no reason. Right. And there's not a thing your partner can do to stop mm -hmm. it, right? So, uh, and it was in those uh, mid to late 60s and early 70s that you have this large uptick in uh, the number of marriages that tragically were not surviving. So, uh, and, and it makes total sense that the assault, and this is kind of what we wanted to talk about, this very first one. So what's prompted us to do this, this uh, episodic on marriage is there is an assault going on. There's, there's your truth bomb. There's an attack on your marriage and mine every day, which makes sense to me. The, mm -hmm. the, the Bible clearly says that the, John writes in 1 John chapter 4, verse 3, that the spirit of Antichrist isn't, isn't a spirit or something we're waiting to happen before Jesus returns. The spirit of Antichrist is working in our world right now, today. Right. Second uh, Thessalonians goes on to say in chapter two, verse four, that that what that antichrist spirit does, it he exalts himself and opposes all that is God and all that is worthy of worship, all of it. Wow. And marriage, certainly designed by God mm -hmm. for His glory and for our highest good, is one of those things that man He exalts Himself above and is opposing right now today. Makes total sense. We were talking the other day about just the kingdom and how the kingdom advances in our world. And do you know that the we make a mistake if we think the primary mode or method by which the Lord expands his kingdom, he draws people out of darkness into eternal life by faith in Christ. That, that method isn't stadium preaching, filling stadiums and preaching a message, although that's not bad. That's a good thing. It's not handing out tracts at the mall, uh, although that's a good thing. The primary method that God uses to draw people to himself is a loving mom and dad sharing a love for Jesus with their children and bringing their children up to honor, to love God, and to have a right view of how awesome God is and how wonderful he is to understand salvation, to understand good from evil and right from wrong. The primary way that the kingdom expands is through marriage and family. And for parents to not just endure their marriage right. because they're committed to it, but to model a godly biblical marriage to their children so they have a right view of God, they don't end up hating God, um, after they come out of their family, but they have the right, right view. And they also want to model and have the same type of marriage that their parents, the example that their parents gave sure. them. And that's so important because 
you can be, as we all know, you can be one way at church or with other people and then at home be a completely different person. Sure. And marriage and family is such a hotbed for the mm. worst of us to come out. Yeah. And I think to be the same person all the time, and that's someone that um, looks to Christ for everything. That's the type of sure. marriages that we also want not to be hypocritical in our yeah. marriages and and what that models to our children yeah. and our grandchildren and our friends and our family. So we are so glad uh, that you found us in this very first episode. Uh, you now know a little bit about us. You know what's kind of on our heart. Mm -hmm. We're really excited to, with you, be pushing back, pushing back against this huge drift away from the design of God. And we're excited to review that design and go over it. What does it mean to be a husband? What does it mean to be a wife? How do we, how does, how does God call us to resolve conflict? Because we have conflict. Uh, again, in this world, you're going to be offended and how to resolve conflict, how to build. Look, dear ones, you're building something right every single day today, right now, you you're putting one brick mm -hmm. on top of the brick you laid down yesterday. Mm -hmm. And tomorrow you're going to put another brick on this thing that you're building. And so our great hope is that we're helping you build something that is by design there. And it's really going to glorify God and really be to your highest and absolute good. So uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We can't wait to get started. Uh, next episode, we start on the vow, what it means to make a vow, uh, what's contained in that vow, and how important it is to remain vow keepers. Right, mm -hmm. babe? And how to honor that, honor God in our vow. Every single yes, day. exciting. So we're glad you're here, and God bless you. Have an awesome day. We can't wait to be with you again. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.